I don't know where this is going to go. Maybe the surgeon syndicate here can branch out outside of just commercial real estate. We can look at owning businesses too. The whole idea here again is to build streams of income that make us work optional. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Hello, this is your host, Dr. Michael McManus, and welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. Today, we're going to be talking about what I'm doing with my money. I've had questions from people that are like, hey, you talk about all these different asset classes. What are you investing in? What are you doing? So I'm just going to do a little recap of my year as the year is starting to come to an end. And then if you have any questions about this, feel free to send out a message and get in touch with me. Again, probably the easiest way is to reach out on LinkedIn because I stay on top of that pretty good. So probably the biggest thing that happened in my portfolio was an exit from a multifamily syndication that I'd been in for a couple of years. It was one of my earlier syndication investments. It was actually scheduled to run a bit longer, but with the change in interest rates, they had some short-term loans or some construction debt that was gonna refinance in, there's still about two years left on it, but the developer said, you know what? This is turned against us. And it wasn't, as I said, the developer, it was an apartment complex that was being remodeled and lifted up. So value add play. But the developer of this said, we don't like what's happened with the interest rate environment. It's totally changed our risks. So as soon as rates went up last year, they started shopping this deal, trying to get out of it. It went in and out of contract a couple of times before they finally sold it. So awesome job by the operators there. It turned out it was promoted as a 18% IRR. I think the final exit was 12. So I was quite happy with that for being in a spot that maybe wasn't ideal, that we ended up coming away, still made money, didn't lose money, and was a nice return on that one. Second big thing of 2023 uh, was exit from planned medical project. We had bought a building that was going to be remodeled into office space with addition of a ambulatory surgery center as the project was being developed. The price construction cost was going up faster uh, than we could get it built. And with my decision to go part-time and work towards complete exit from everyday medicine, decision was to move out of that deal, haven't completely exited, but I think we've got to final terms for me to leave that deal. What did I start into this year? I think with all the work I've been doing in making connections and learning new things, I was meeting people who had better deals than I could find for myself. And from this, my first two big investments of the year were both land entitlement deals, which was a new foray, but it was with an investment group with the guy running it who is top-notch quality person. And really, that's what I'm investing in as person. So I did a first one with them which was a redevelopment of a space that was approved for a hotel and was being re-entitled to multifamily. This one was all new to me. And I learned a lot about the land entitlement process. 
And basically to build something, you go through a whole process of getting the zoning down, you do environmental studies, you have to then get the build the project approved, which includes approving a site plan, approving the building itself before anybody breaks ground. So this was approved for a hotel. People who owned it decided they weren't going to build that hotel and were moving along. And so the people I invested with, they purchased it. They already had buyers who wanted to build multifamily or apartment buildings, but these were people who built them. They didn't do the entitlement. They said, we'll pay you X dollars for every unit you get approved. So basically the sale was already set up before the purchase. That deal's getting ready to exit now and has worked out really nicely. It was rather a short-term deal. The second land entitlement was one that was approved for multifamily. They were going to build like duplexes or triplexes or something, and they decided they wanted out. It was felt by the group who, are, who purchased it that this would be a much better space for flex space, especially smaller flex for contractor garages. And so they got it re-entitled for industrial. It's in a great location for that. Came in with a flexible plan. The idea was to get it re-entitled. They had a couple builders who were interested in buying it or building it. And then with the decision to made partway through, whether we were going to go to stage two, stage two would be to go ahead, build it, lease it up and rent it out and then sell it or whether to sell it after entitlement. That process is still going on right now. There's enough demand and the value of it after entitlement has looked so good. that It looks like likely they will exit after entitlement. Interesting thing with both of these deals is I'd always heard a lot that oh, stretch these deals out, make them go more than a year because it can have this effect on your taxes, whether it's short-term capital gain or long-term capital gains. And there was always this, oh, you got to make it go more than a year. And this was one of the first people I talked to who said, hey, if you can do two deals in a year, or if you can get this deal done in nine months and then redeploy the money in another deal, you're going to grow it faster than if you just sit on it, waiting for it to get to a year so you can pay lower taxes. So this was a whole new perspective for me. I'm seeing the benefit of it now. And it's been an exciting ride. And I think I understand the land entitlement process so much better. So we got a really cool process. I'm entering into myself. I got some other partners that might do it with me, which is a redevelopment of a school. And basically the building's been empty for a couple of years and the project that everybody had wanted to turn it into apartments but it costs too much to do that. So there's a lot of excitement out there. People are like, oh yeah, take these empty office buildings, take everything and turn it into apartments because it's a housing shortage. In reality, what happens here is the construction cost of doing that is often more right now, almost always more than ground up construction would be. And so it's not something that people are excited about doing. And it's why these empty skyscraper office buildings aren't being churned out into apartments. And everybody's like, oh yeah, make them low income housing. It doesn't really work that way because the construction cost is higher when you start trying to repurpose a building that isn't built to be apartment buildings. So we're working on this project. Hopefully, we'll actually have that one off the ground and up and running before the end of the year. That's one of my goals to have that one running. So 
outside of that space, been some retail projects. There was one I was going to put money in, but it, it filled up. They didn't need any more investor space. And I talked to a family member about it and she really wanted into the deal. So we put her into that deal and I passed on it, but I'm getting ready. Actually, it'll happen this week. We're recording now in October, I'm doing a test drive with a operator who's newer to me to kind of see the way their projects work. And what we've done is we've worked out a deal that I can do a smaller than normal investment because they understand that, hey, I want to get my feet with you. I want to see how you guys operate. I want to see if you do everything you say you do. So I'm putting a smaller amount into this deal. It's a neighborhood retail center in Kansas City. They already own two additional retail centers within that area, so they can operate them kind of as one, so they're getting some great operational efficiency there. And they're in an area that they're going to own a large amount of the retail within like a five square mile area. So it gives them a lot of purchasing power, leasing power and adding values to these centers. And because they're neighborhood centers, they don't have to compete with the mall or the big retail power centers next to the mall. So I'm really excited about this project, excited to get to know these guys and potentially we can do some stuff together in the future because they've really got some great momentum in the retail space. My final investment for this year is also going to be completed here in the next week or so is branching into something new. And it's actually some angel investing in a startup. I've been approached as a doctor about investing in medical startups many times for many years. Most all of them up to this point I've passed on. I looked at a couple before that I understood what they were doing, but I just didn't think their projections added up to how much they thought they could sell. The one I got closest to investing in was supposed to be less than a year from market. And that was three or four years ago, and I haven't seen their product yet. So I'm happy I passed on this one. This one that we're working on is actually something that I had considered myself. I may have talked about it before on the show in opening and doing something similar myself. It's not a brand new concept to the world, but it is a brand new approach that is takes a whole problem area and wraps that solution up into a nice, easy package that adds huge value to the customers. And they've been really successful with their first two shops. And so where this is now is buying into a business, they're doing an angel round where they're going to expand the business and then franchise it. And so this was an interesting project because it was completely new for me. Initially, I said no to them. They contacted me and it was kind of through a growing network. And I was like, nope, not interested in it. I'm doing my real estate thing. And they said, well, talk to us about our advisory board. All right, fine. I'll have another conversation with you. We've had several conversations. The more I got to know the project, the more I loved it, dug into the people. And the more I got to know the people in the project, the more I believed in them, the more I believed in their ability to complete it. And so I'm really excited about this. You'll find out over the next year or so how this plays out. So this is my highest risk investment that probably I've ever done from a risk standpoint. But the fact that I get to be in the middle of it, have some influence on it, 
and be part of controlling its success or guiding its success is part of what made it more interesting to me. So it doesn't feel like I'm just throwing money out there. If it all goes well, maybe I will have some franchises too. And that's an interesting story of other asset classes to invest in. Uh, We've talked about this a little bit on and off. We were in the projects that didn't go this year. We'll talk about those and that'll kind of come back to this whole franchise idea that one of the things I didn't do, I looked at some industrial flex space. I got that into final, we weren't quite to final negotiations. We got into negotiations pretty good, but I couldn't find the place where I could add the value for it. And that's what I was looking for. It would have cash flowed from day one, but not very well. So it was a little bit outside of what I was looking for. So I stepped away from that one. Um, I've looked at a couple different retail plays. They were both buildings that were very cheap (laughs) per square foot. One was an older building that was super cheap, really dug into it and tried to make that one work. I could have bought it with the existing business, but I couldn't make the numbers work that made the value of the business what they wanted for. And from all the research I did, I didn't think I could sell the business. And the building needed enough work to make it an empty building. I think it could have been done, but it was more work than I wanted to do, that I wanted to bite off, that it wasn't really what I want to be doing right now. So I let that one go. There's another one out there that we may still do. It was brought to me by a friend, actually somebody who came to me after the first launch, the podcast, a newer, large retail space. But again, it was empty. And the tough thing about empty spaces is it's tough to get financing. Retail spaces get bought and sold, valued on their cash flow ability. And so when you go to the bank, if you're buying a property, they will value it based upon the money it's bringing in. So if it's empty, it goes into a totally different valuation pot. And most of the time they won't even lend on at all, especially in today's environment, unless you have such an amazing balance sheet yourself and you come in and you guarantee the loan. But in that case, oftentimes they say, just buy it yourself. And once you rent it, we'll come back and we'll do some cash out refinancing. So when we dug into this project, We started looking, we were trying to find somebody who we could lease it to before really going any deeper into it, into the game. And so we went out and we started talking to people who might be potential leasees. And it wasn't as easy as we thought it would be. But one of the things we came across, we were looking for some corporate operations that both have corporate owned facilities and franchises. And we were hoping to entice them and get them to sign a nice corporate guaranteed triple net lease. Turned out they only do that in major markets of which we were not in. So we kind of reassessed it and said, well, what would it take to put a franchise in? Could this franchise, we thought it was a good business for the location. Could this business work? And would we want to own that franchise and run that franchise or build the franchise up and then sell it? And that kind of opened up a whole new door when I was thinking about owning businesses. Really, at the same time, I'd entered into a new group and there was a lot of discussion there about horizontal income. And the whole idea about horizontal income kind of dovetails further off of investing in commercial real estate. The idea is that you have multiple income streams, not just your job that gives you money, 
but that you own real estate that is cash flowing that gives you money and also then the idea of owning businesses that flow this was new to me because i'd always thought about running a business like you had to be right in the middle of it and now it's getting introduced to this group of people who own multiple businesses and they act as the ceo so they're not in the everyday grind and so this was a whole new thing really in the second half of this year that that was introduced to me and i started learning about and meeting people who knew how to do it and so then along came this whole angel investing thing with potential franchising and then it made sense to me and so like i said i love the business model because it was something i thought about myself before so that's something that's coming up the angel investing round will happen this year and then next year we're going to be diving into the franchise thing and so i don't know where this is going to go maybe the surgeon syndicate here can branch out and outside of just commercial real estate and industrial real estate and retail real estate we can look at owning businesses too the whole idea here again is to build streams of income that make us work optional because when you can be job optional and i'm not saying you stop working because there's still work to be done in these other projects but it gives you the freedom to get up in the morning when you want to to go to bed at night i mean in the last week because when i was talking to people i was up late and then getting to bed late and waking up late then i went back to work in the clinic and i was struggling because my time schedule is off from the doctor time schedule but it was cool during that time because i had the time freedom to do that location freedom this is one that's driving me right now to have the ability to work i've still got work to do but if we want to go on vacation or we want to travel we can do that and i remember back when i was a ski instructor in aspen and there were a lot of the clients who they'd be like sorry i got to duck out i got to take this phone call or they'll be like lunchtime you guys eat lunch and eat lunch with the family and they'd be like i'll be back at two i gotta go have a meeting and this was still back in the 90s so there were only so many places where you could get online and have meetings or they were even just phone calls but i back then thought ah oh, what a stinky thing man you're on vacation and you never stop working the difference is and because now i know guys like this they travel three four five months a year and when they're traveling they still work but they spend time in australia good friend of mine now he's been in australia they'd gone to australia for a month or two for a couple of years i think well now they've been down there like five months this year and he's still working he can work remotely he can run his business from there so now he has geographical freedom he's set up his life that he can do this so that's a really cool thing and that's part of what's driving me with some of these things we're looking at now so it's october now when this airs it might be a little later in the year so what's next year gotta have a plan looking forward and maybe i'll do a, one of these solo shows on planning and judgment of how i'm planning and success because i've heard some great stuff recently i'd like to share but for next year so we got the franchise business new asset class that i would love to go into i'm, I'm looking for a mentor right now to guide me into this one is basically being a fast food landlord from everything i know right now it looks like the returns are really low so i've been struggling with understanding this class but i've met a few people who do really well in this and it's really straightforward and the great thing about it 
is these are true triple net leases that if you're leasing to McDonald's, the landlord has almost zero responsibility for the practice once you sign that lease. And I don't know if McDonald's is the right example there because I think their model might be a little different. I can watch the Ray Kroc movie and see all that. But the idea is these Starbucks is another one. They're great assets. They may give a little lower returns, but they require very little maintenance and management. And they're very stable because they will often sign 10, 20 year leases. So this is one of my goals for next year. And one of the things that I'm going to be delving into, and hopefully I'll have my first property early next year. So the other part is to now try and open this up because people have been asking me and make these opportunities available for people to invest alongside me. So that should be coming here in the near future. There's a whole bunch of back end to build on that from both the technology, the website, the partners, the legal structure, the business structure. So we're working on getting that set up as a place to join in. And just a final thought on that, because I've been talking to people about So what are you invested in? Have you invested in commercial real estate before? And I hear all kinds of different reasons why and why not. The biggest reasons are I'm afraid of losing my money and getting screwed. Everybody's heard these bad stories of some bad real estate deal where the reality is those are like the 0.01%. Most real estate operators do a great job. So it's either or that, or I don't understand it. I don't know enough about it. And that makes me scared. And so I'd rather just invest in a mutual fund and let it ride. And I understand that. I did that for years until I just got tired of watching my returns kind of stink and having no control over it. Then there's this big learning curve. So there's really two different ways to invest passively. Either you underwrite the deals yourself, you understand the deals, you dig into the deals. And there's a lot of people who do this. I was recently at a conference and one of my friends at the conference, she got like a call a day from a potential investor who's been vetting her for months and digging into the deal into the same detail she is. And you can be that way. You can dig in until you've vetted the deal to your comfort or you invest with people you're comfortable with. And I go more down that road where I tend to, when I'm investing, I need to understand how the deal is going to work. But then it's the people. And I guess this comes from years I may have talked about before I started my education career, I was going to be a mining engineer and and work and living in that mining space. And really, when you look at early stage miners, it's really about the people. Any project that looks great could be great or it could be a dud. It's the people who are going to make it happen. So I like to know the people. I spend a lot of time getting to know the people. And so I vet the deal to a certain level because the plan, no plan stands the first shot on the battlefield. So they're going to have to change. And I want to know if they can change with it. So that's what I'm doing right now. I just wanted to share it with you. If you have any questions, if you'd like to learn more, please reach out. Love to have a phone conversation with you. And thank you for joining us today on Surgeon Syndicate. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you found value in this episode, no other surgeons are hungry to become job optional. You can help them by sharing this content today. I also want to serve you better, so I want to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you can take a moment and leave an honest review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. 
Number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help. Schedule a call. We can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.